Today on Laura Lynn and Friends. It's really up to you and me and it starts today. Today we can push the evil. Today we can stand up and say to the villains, not an inch, not anymore. Well, hello everyone and welcome to The Last Days. Um, JT, do you think that I'm doing more of an 80s hair thing today? Like, is it a bit too big? It's, it's okay? Okay, he always says, no, because he says it's dangerous. Like if a woman says, how do I look? That it's a very dangerous area. He's, he's uh, it's what? It's a minefield, he calls it. I don't know why. I want to know the truth. If, if you don't think that I look good or if you think my hair is too big, I want to know that. Yes, I'll be angry at you for telling me it, but I want to know. And part of being a good mate is being honest about that. And he says knowing when to shut up. <laughs> so, all right, we're good. So, uh, very excited to have my good friend, Pastor Archer Pulowski, one of the bravest, most courageous men standing in our nation by far, has paid probably the highest price of any freedom fighter, has paid the highest price of anyone who understands what we're going through. And we're on YouTube today, so Pastor Art, don't say anything that will mess that up, all right? Okay, so before we get to him, I opened my dad's Bible today, and uh, kind of came to the part, it's, um, it's in Luke 19, and it seems like, uh, you know, Jesus is sort of um, going through the towns, and he says unto him, out of thine own mouth will I judge you, thou wicked servant, thou knowest that I was an austere man, taking up that I laid not down, and reaping what I did not sow, therefore... Then gavest not thou my money into the bank, that at my coming I might have required mine own with usury. So, this is a lot of old uh, King James language, but I'll tell you uh, what, this is the story about the person with the talents. And the, the master comes back and he's given talents to everybody. And he's looking at what, what did you do with what I gave you? What did you... How did you invest the talents, the money, the resources, the abilities that I gave you? What did you do? And he was very angry because this guy, he basically put it into the ground. And then the master says to him, for I say unto you that unto every one that hath shall be given. And from him that has not, even that he has shall be taken away from him. I believe that God requires us to do a few things. When he has given us talents and he has given us abilities, when he has given us a mouth to speak and the ability to stand up, and if we have not, I wonder what the Lord's going to think about that because I think that we have a crisis of courage in our land, a crisis of courage. I wanted to just play one clip, JT, of the, uh, basically we've got some things going down in, uh, in the world and it's quite frightening actually, just before we bring on my favorite guest. Um, so I do want to say that Christine Anderson um, thanked me for the tweet that I did on her and that certainly made my day when Christine Anderson... Um, says it was a pleasure talking to you. And I, I know she's just being kind. I mean, let's face it, what is she supposed to say? But she 
responded to the tweet that I put out. That was very nice. So this is where I feel the world's gone really bonkers. I don't know, like, does I, I get it. It's all about trans. Uh, the whole Black Lives Matter is all about black trans and trans and support the trans. But if I were trans, and I am not, I believe that there's male and female. Um, but here's a video in Finland at the European Figure Skating Championship opening ceremony. In the name of equality and diversity, there is a gender-neutral man who is going to be featured. And uh, let's have a look at this video uh, where protesters, um, well, it's just a video. Take a look. So basically, you're going to see this person. This is the person. So can barely skate at all. Not a champion. Is there not a trans person who can actually skate that might kind of do justice or maybe bring some honor? Um, this person can't skate and can't stay up. And then they can't get up off, off of the ice. Um, so I'm just saying, okay, if you're in the trans community and you want to showcase your state in life, maybe get someone who can skate when it's at this opening ceremony in front of the world. I, are y'all thinking? I, I don't, I don't even understand. Like, has our world gone so bad that in the name of diversity and equality, we're going to put somebody that is clearly, I would say from other pictures that are out there, not really sound, you know, and now cannot skate. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Like, get better representation. So, all right. Uh, Pastor Arter Pulowski, we welcome you to the show. Thank you very much for standing up for Canada, for our values, for everything uh, that went on during sort of this last three years or so. You've been on the front lines fighting a lot of different things, and uh, uh, there's sort of a, I don't know if we're coming to the end of your saga in court, but maybe you could give us, you know, some updates on how it's been going, and welcome. Yeah, thank you so much, uh, Laura, for having me back on your show. It's always a pleasure. Well, you started uh, the show by saying we are on YouTube, so I just, uh, just want to make sure that uh, we are not going to do a monkey business uh, <laughs> here uh, because <laughs> youtube might might not like it you see they love to bring the monkey business to us but when we respond with yeah. the truth with the real science with facts well <laughs> the fact checkers straight from sorrows come and hunt you down so um, my saga is fascinating, even for me and my family, because it looks like it's a never ending story. It looks like the enemy has put a bullseye on my back and says, we are not going to rest. We will never sleep. We will never eat. We'll fast forever until we bring this guy down. But you know what's fascinating about this? The more they're pushing, the more they are elevating and giving me the platform and the ab uh, ability to just tell the people what's really going on. And that's a good news. 
in the Bible, everyone that was standing up for what was right was hunted down. Jesus, the giver of life, the one that fed the poor, raised the dead, and gave people hope and a restoration, was hated by the community because his conduct, if you will, him speaking the truth, was reflecting on those people's behavior, on their lies. And I think that's what we have entered in in our age. This is a war. Believe it or not, this is a war between good and evil. This is a war between the truth and the lie. And the truth in the end of the day wins. And we're going to win. And like I said many times, that this is a test. God is shaking the fence. He is taking us through the fire. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's story, uh, one of your favorite stories that you always always say during the rallies it's a fascinating story not because those three boys only stood up but also because god allowed the enemy to put them in the fire and it was in the fire so when they were willing to go to the fire when when they said fine we are willing to die if needs be that's where the miracle started to happen that's where god dealt with their enemies that's where he showed up to set them free that's where they had this amazing opportunity to see the giver of life face to face that's where they had their testimony and that's where their promotion was so laura i believe now my promotion is coming and i believe that your promotion is coming i believe that we have entered a time slot in on this side of eternity that finally the church is going become the head not the tail that we are going to be blessed that god is going to give us the places of authority and honor because we went through the fire we were tested over and over and over again so i'm excited i'm really excited i mean i wished that this would never happen to me from the physical point of view. As Artur Polosky, as the man, yeah, I don't like being slapped in the face. I don't like, you know, being arrested. I don't like facing court after court, ticket after ticket. My flesh hates it. However, my spirit is saying rejoice. When the men hate you, when they persecute you, when they lie about you, when they gossip, when they slander, because great is your reward, which is in, in heaven. God is ultimately going to rebuke the the devourer, he's going to stop the locust. And he says, I will repay, I will repay what the locusts have eaten. So I have been charged over 40 times in the past few years, as you know, five arrests, uh, multiple court cases, um, some of them a week long, and I won them all. My court of appeal, uh, three judges unanimously said that uh, my arrests were illegal. What they did to me was illegal. The invading my church was illegal. Arrest on the highway like El Chapo, all of that was illegal. What I'm facing right now is my speech, my church sermon to the truckers last year. When you went to Ottawa, I was battling within myself. You can ask my wife next time you're here. I was walking back and forth literally in my living room and I would say to her, I want to go, I want to go, I want to go to Ottawa. I want to go, I want to be with them. And then she said, you know, thank God for women. She said, but I believe that God wants you here. I believe that you are to hold the line here to keep the towers going here so i decided to stay it was then when we had 15 to 20,000 people on the streets of calgary and i was asked to conduct a, a 
a series of church services at the Milk River and then it could. So I went over there. I did one in Milk River. The RCMP was there. The roads were open when I arrived. The roads were open when I left. I did what I did. We had the Lord's Supper. We were singing and then I delivered a little speech. And then I went to the RCMP officers asking them if they will let me uh, go to Kud. So they opened the barricade. They opened the barricade for me and they said, OK, off you go. I went to Kud's. We had Lord's Supper together. We were singing songs, national anthem. I gave a little sermon to the people, encouraging them to stand their ground. I told them, fight for your rights. Do it for your children. Those are your rights. God and state given. You're not doing anything wrong but do it peacefully and we had the dinner off we went no one stopped us no one said anything and of course as you remember a few days later coming uh out of my house i was uh, it was a great takedown of al capone of canada uh, rcp showed up detectives undercover police uniformed police swat team i was taken to police, interrogated for hours, then taken to prison, stripped naked, solitary confinement for 45 days. And then, uh, of course, they kidnapped me from Calgary and took me to a max spot. They considered me the most dangerous offender in Alberta. I, I was not even allowed to have a pen. And then they put me in a psych ward without the knowledge of the doctors and the evaluation of Alberta Health Services. Of course, all of that was completely illegal. It was crazy. Um, so fast forward, as you know, in prison, they did crazy things uh, to me. I was placed in uh, metal cages. I was dragged from my solitary cell to a concrete cell, pressure, intimidation. Uh, and then, of course, the the mind game they would take my glasses they would take my bibles they would take my documents that were you know uh, written for the eyes of the lawyers only but law and order criminal code of canada charter of rights and freedoms all of that was kicked out uh, from canada in the past few years so after that the crown prosecutor um, accused me and still accusing me of causing Canadian economy over $400 million worth of damages. He is saying I was inciting people to commit acts of violence uh, against other individuals. And you can watch the, you can watch the sermon uh, and I'm sure you did it at the beginning. I mean, I don't, I, I have, I have not seen or heard anywhere over there that I was inciting people to hurt other human beings. I simply said, stand up this is your land do it for your children if you don't do it today you may not have tomorrow but that was the crime so here is a fascinating thing a twist in the story if you will um just a few weeks ago the crown prosecutor dumped thousands of pages of documents on the lap of my legal team i have a criminal lawyers one team of criminal lawyers and then i have a civil lawyers as well two law firms are defending me and behold after dropping thousands of documents and countless hours of interviews and video evidence of the you know what happened at coots by the rcmp and police officers the crown prosecutor says hey i'm not calling any witnesses now i'm not all of that is really irrelevant all those thousands of documents that he dumped just to frustrate my uh, my defense team now he says well, what he said was criminal. I'm not going to call any witnesses. It's his words. It's good enough. The video, the words that this man said, that's criminal. So, Laura, 
here is the problem that Canadians do not understand uh, in, a, in a big part, that what this Crown prosecutor, Stephen Johnston is his name, a pathological liar, manipulator, over, overall a wicked evil man. I witnessed him lying to the courts in and out, just plain lies in front of the judges and of course he's a crown prosecutor so he can get away with the murder literally and uh here is the problem that people do not understand he what he wants to do he wants to criminalize speech so he says i don't need any evidence anymore the words that this man said during that church service that's criminal in nature and of course i don't have to tell you if i lose Canadians lose. We lose freedom of expression. If they can charge with terrorism, with mischief over 5,000 that has 10 years of imprisonment, if we can uh, allow the court system and the, uh, you know, the crowns to come and lie and criminalize our wards during our church services, freedom of expression will cease to exist in this country. That's, uh, that's how important this, ca this case is. So on Thursday, just a few days from now, I have to appear in Ledbridge in a court and there is a, a prayer vigil that is going to be happening. If you're in Calgary area, yes. uh, well, the, there is going to be a prayer vigil. We are doing a press conference in the morning before we go to courts and it's going to be all day long. It's a very important case because if I lose, Canada loses freedom of expression and you will have a taught police policing your words they will be going after internet they will go after anyone that dares to say anything in church outside of the church in private settings in public settings it doesn't matter uh, so we're fighting with the nazis i mean that's exactly what we're observing and now many people understand why they why i did call them gestapo why i call them nazis kgb communists because they're acting exactly like those villains uh, from the from the past so thursday ledbridge 9 a.m i am to appear before the court and then uh, of course i'm sure you've heard about uh, the alberta government being accused of contacting crown prosecutors um you know trying to pressure ministers uh, and all of that stuff it's a gong show here so now i can't even I can't even have a fair trial because right now everyone is saying that uh, if I'm acquitted, if I am, you know, if they withdraw the charges or stay the proceedings, uh, that means uh, it was it was the government that did it. Um, you know, we in Canada, we have something that is called, you know, fair trial. Um, we have to have that. We cannot have biased crime prosecutors. We cannot have biased judges. But right now everything is tinted. Everything is absolutely tinted. So that really worries me uh, that the media is spinning this um, craziness all, all around. However, in the end of the day, my life belongs to God and he will have his final say. In the end of the day, we already won. As I said, thousands of times, the enemy just doesn't know it yet. So we got to hold on to the promises of the living God. Keep pushing, spread the word around. If you can come, come Ledbridge, Alberta, 9 a.m. And it's going to be a fascinating, fascinating time. I already know that there's a huge amount of people coming. They're bringing worship, music, singing, prayer, Lord's Supper. It's going to be a fascinating time and it's going to be a very spiritual time. And, and I think that's what we need. We need 
we need godly people to come back to the public public square and uh, of course i remember our three days um church on the steps of the supreme court in british columbia it was amazing i shared with you just a few days ago that the lady came to our church a couple of weeks ago and she testified that that church service on the steps of you know vancouver's supreme court changed her entire life so i'm looking forward to other lives that will be changed in just a few days it's absolutely amazing um and and i you know, I don't know if a political solution is in sight right now. Uh, we're fighting so hard, and I know you're fighting in politics, and we, we need to put our names forward and stand there, but, but you're right. We need a move of God. We need Canada to return to the principles uh, that, that this nation was founded on. And, you know, I wonder if in, in, all, of, in all of this, all of the, even the failures that we've experienced in court and what you went through, you know, when you were, when you went through that trial in prison, we were on the outside horrified that this could happen. It caused people to get on their knees again, to cry out to God for justice in this nation. And uh, the Lord really preserved you. You could have died. I mean, they would move you from a hot cell to a cold cell. You were shivering. Uh, they really mistreated you. And I don't know if there can ever be justice for that, but what kind of sickness is going on in the prisons where, where prisoners are treated this way? This, this could be our children. This could be a loved one, right? And it was your family's, the father, the husband of Marzena, right? Your son uh, went out there and, and protested day after day after day and stood in the gap for you. Like, it's not just you, it's your whole family. I love Nathaniel. The way that he is is just such a beautiful son that you have raised. Um, and, and you have other children. All of you just, you know, together as a family enduring this. But it brought the Canadian family, the Canadian patriots together and said, if they, if they can do this to a pastor and such ill treatment. I mean, thank God you put you got put in the crazy ward for a little bit of relief for a while, right? <laughs> and, and that's kind of a comical story. And wasn't at one point... Uh, they were kind of leading you out and the, and everyone began chanting your name and chanting like to let you free or whatever. Yeah, I was locked in a solitary confinement, which of course it's a torture on its own. And finally the inmates, um, when I was being dragged from my solitary cell with a bed to a concrete one, just because, just to hurt me, the inmates started to chant free pastor art. And they said to the guards, if anything happens to this man, watch your back. And they actually signed a petition to the director, to this evil, wicked man, uh, Vader, um his name is in calgary uh, telling him that he has to release me because if he doesn't do it there's going to be a problem and eventually i was released as you know my first bail was denied the crown prosecutor stephen johnston uh, called me an extremely dangerous individual that was inciting violence um you know to to be committed on other citizens and he accused me of causing canadian economy over 400 million dollars worth of damages because i dared to tell canadians to stand up for their rights and do it peacefully no guns no swords i said that during my speech in kuts but all of that doesn't matter for those 
pathological liars, those bloody murderers that we call officers of the law or crown prosecutors, truth doesn't matter. They have an agenda, and I hope that Canadians understand that. Those evil individuals, they have an agenda, and they have been saying that agenda loud and clear. They will take everything away from you. You will own nothing, and you will be eating crickets while they fly to Davos with over 1,000 private jets. They were eating the best steak after the Alberta steak, the Japanese steaks, and they were not eating crickets. Believe me, in Davos, they were not eating crickets. The very people that are telling you eat crickets were not eating crickets. And the very people that were telling you do not use uh, oil and energy, uh, while they were uh, driving thousands of SUVs flying their planes. So there is a hypocrisy going on. We know the agenda. Communists were doing the same thing. Nazis were doing the same things. This is a new version of the Nazis and communists. And I hope the people realize that. And I said that thousands of times during the rallies. If they came for me, be sure of it. They will come for you. It's just a matter of time. And maybe at that time, people were laughing and say, hey, no, you just got a big mouth and it's you. They hate you. Well, now we know there were thousands, tens of thousands of Canadians that were hammered without mercy during this period of greatest tyranny that this land has ever seen. And I hope that those tens of thousands spread the word around and now millions of Canadians are understanding what I was trying to teach them, what you were trying to teach them. And we're going to have the greatest awakening move ever seen on this on this earth. Wherever I travel right now and I'm still on house arrest, I still need my permission from the probation officer to leave my house after 7 p.m. Again, they think that I am extremely dangerous after 7 p.m. So I need to have a special permission uh, to go out. But wherever I travel, there is excitement in the air. People have lost hope in a political system. They've lost hope in a just so-called justice system. Of course, there is zero hope in a, a mainstream media. I mean, they're propaganda machinery bought and paid for uh, by a totalitarian liberal and NDP government. And UCP, the conservatives are no better. It is them that did this to us. It was the UCP government, the conservative government that locked me in the metal cages, treating me like a dog. It, would, it was them that muzzled us. And they're still forwarding the jobs that are murdering people left and right, so they're no different. What we need is a new breed of people. I call them neighbors. What you need, you need neighbors to run for office. You need neighbors to be police officers. You need neighbors to be your judges. We, we have to start electing judges. We can no longer allow them to be appointed by political operatives. We cannot allow them to appoint chief of police. We need to elect those people. We need constitutional sheriffs. We need our own Alberta force. I call them Alberta Rangers. We need constitutional sheriffs. We need checks and balances. We need accountability. All of those things we've lost. We've lost our beloved Canada, and now it's time for people like you and me and others that are watching this show to rise up, stand up, and take back what's rightfully others, uh, ours. And, and this Thursday, we will have that opportunity. We will have another opportunity to stand up for what's rightfully ours. And the freedom of expression, it's ours. It's ours given to us from God and also from the state. And now they're after that. They don't want you to be able to say anything. They don't want you to spread the truth. They don't want you to be able to educate others about what's really 
going on. While they were partying at the Sky Palace, drinking whiskey, those ministers like Tyler Shandro, that is now the Minister of Justice, or Travis Taves, the Minister of Finance, or the Nixons, or the you know Premier of Alberta, two days after I was dragged with my brother David in the middle of a highway for inciting people to come to church and participating in illegal church services, they partied. Because one law is for me, one law for thee. Those are the elites eating steaks and you are the slaves. If you're okay with that, well, then there's nothing I can do for you. But if you're not okay, if you believe that this land belongs to us, it has been given to us as an inheritance from God. It doesn't belong to just them, but belongs to all of us. Well, then I invite you to join the fight. Stand up, rise up, help, support, be there, support us at the court. I mean, we can win this. There's more of us than of them, I'm telling Absolutely. you. I witnessed that in 1980 during the Solidarity Movement in Poland. Right, you've been through this before. I have seen this movie before with my own eyes, and I'm telling you, the movie does not end unless we change the script. I saw millions of people during 1980, 81, and 82 that finally stood up and said enough is enough, took it to the streets, there was no guns, no violence from us. The violence was coming always from the totalitarian wannabe farers. But you know what happened in 1989, Poland was liberated. The Berlin Wall collapsed, the Iron Curtain was broken, and the greatest evil empire during our lifetime was destroyed. Poland had its first and free democratic elections since the invasion of the Nazis. I mean, it can be done, my friends. We have that power. We can yes. do it. We just need the numbers. We need the support. We are fighters. We are willing to stand up and fight for our beloved Canada. We need the support of the people. We need you to at least show up. You're not risking anything by coming and supporting us. I'm risking 10 and a half years of imprisonment. But you know what? Your children are worth fighting for. I'm doing this not just for myself and not just for my children. I'm doing this for your children as well. What kind of a nation we're going to leave behind? It's really up to you and me. And it starts today. Today, we can push the evil. Today, we can stand up and say to the villains, not an inch, not anymore. Yes. I wanted to run past you a little bit of fighting, in, inside fighting going on at the parliament between the NDP and the Liberals. And, uh, of course, in Alberta, uh, everyone loves their hunting guns. They love to be able to go out and legally shoot some moose or whatever. And um, it, it appears that the way that the Liberals have written this bill, and, of course, Trudeau is really on a, a rampage to take all guns and to take all lawful, legal ownership of guns away from Canadians the way that they've done in Australia and different places, which the people now deeply regret. But uh, there was a bit of a fight that went on. And so just to kind of veer off on this, I want to run this uh, little clip and, and get your take on it. Mr. Speaker, the government's proposed amendment to C-21 has become a textbook case on what not to do. This change was brought in at the 11th hour with no consultation and no testimony. It has distracted from the original purpose of the bill and it hurts rural communities. Hunters, farmers and Indigenous communities are outraged that some of the rifles and shotguns that they used to provide for their families could be banned. The Minister of Public Safety blindsided Canadians 
when he made this mess. How is he going to fix it? That's an NDP. The Honourable Parliamentary Secretary. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. And I want to start by acknowledging the good work that the Honourable Member does on the Public Safety Committee and the perspective that he brings forward. We will not be banning any guns that are commonly used for hunting. We spent two hours at committee today getting very technical answers on what is in included in the bill, what is included in, in the types of, of guns that are being considered under this legislation. I look forward to working with the honourable members and, in fact, all members of this House to make sure that we get this legislation right. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Honourable Member for Skeena Bulkley Valley. Mr. Speaker, that answer wasn't good enough for the people of Northwest BC, and it's not good enough for the people across rural Canada. We're not going to clean up the mess the Liberals have made of this bill, and people feel hoodwinked by these last-minute amendments. Now, this was meant to be a bill about limiting handguns and protecting victims of domestic violence, but now they're going after the tools that my neighbours use for hunting, for predator control and for backcountry safety. When is the Prime Minister going to realise the mistake he's made, fix this mess and back up the bus? <laughs> so, yeah. so I thought it was really cool that the NDP, who are, you know, all in bed and supporting and propping up this this horrible corrupt government uh, are are now yelling because you know uh, it's obvious what what they're doing. Well, listen again. I'll repeat myself. They came for me. Be sure of it. It's history. It's not uh, Pastor Artipolowski preaching. It's history. They will come for you as well. You see, they are like cancer. Cancer never stops on its own. It will spread and will kill you. You need someone that is willing to open a patient and cut that devil out that will eventually kill you. It's a bloody business. Yes, the patient will hurt, but it's needed in order to save that person that person's life uh coming for the guns i mean that's a a clear textbook how to become a tyrant every tyranny every dictatorship did it before i mean <laughs> i mean around the war the moment the government comes for your guns you know you've lost everything and you will own nothing just like they are saying to you that that's exactly what they're going to do. You will own nothing and you will be happy. Here is what I propose if elected in the province of Alberta. Of course, you know I'm running to become the next premier of this province. Yes, sir. And I would bring a legislation into the place. It's called the castle defense right. In other words, you should have the right to defend what's yours, your loved ones, your property. The moment the villain comes on your property, he comes with intent. And you cannot wait in a rural Alberta one hour for the RCMP, which is extremely corrupted anyway, to come and rescue you. You don't have that time. You have to have the means when a grizzly bear shows up uh, to murder, to kill, to destroy. You have to have ability to defend yourself against cougars or black bears or any other predators, human or animal, when they're coming to hurt you to hurt your daughters and your sons. And I'm going to turn Alberta, and listen to me carefully, into a sanctuary province where we will be able to keep our guns to defend ourselves. We will be able to keep our guns so we can hunt. We will be able to keep our guns so we can protect our livestock or our properties or our loved ones from predators. And that's a promise that I'm making to the rural Albertas 
Albertans and anyone that is willing to keep his gun all over, this will become a sanctuary province uh, because those people are insane and they have a plan. So we have to counterattack that. We have to bring, like I said at the beginning, we need our own police force. Why? Because the federal government is in amok. It's crazy. It's killing, destroying and pillaging. So we need to have a force that will actually work for Albertans, not for Justin Trudeau Castro. We also have to elect our judges that they will not work for the politicians that elected them, but for the people that they are supposed to judge. We need to have anti-corruption force. I call them the constitutional sheriffs that will be watching politicians. I want someone to watch me because we are humans. We go left and right. It's good to know that someone is watching and we need to watch the judges. If they are not doing a proper job, if they're not following the law, the criminal code of Canada, like we saw in the past three years, if they don't care about the charter rights and freedoms, you know, in Winnipeg, in Manitoba, the judges dare to say that they are not going to allow charter rights and freedom, uh, freedoms arguments in the proceedings. I mean, can you imagine the highest law in the land and the judges simply say, no, 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 I'm not going to listen to that. No, no, I'm not allowing the arguments from the Charter of Rights and Freedoms to even be present at the court. This is mafia. They are mafiosos working for the bosses, the El Chapos of today, the Al Capones of today. And of course, they are pretending to be politicians that are working for us, but they are not. They are extremely corrupted, evil, treacherous. You know, they should be charged with treason because they are not working for the best interest of Canadians. They work in the best interest of Chinese, uh, not, uh, not Canadians. So there's so much dirt. I mean, starting from educational system, political arena, justice system, policing, you name it, banking, uh, bankers that can have the power to froze your bank accounts. Are you kidding me? Where are we? We are in Soviet Russia or democratic Canada. All of that will be fixed when we get into the power. I don't see anybody better than a victim of a totalitarian regime to clean the swamp. And I said to Albertans, even yesterday, I was uh, having a town, town hall in Drumheller, uh, just a couple hours of, of Alberta. And I said to people, you know what I want to become? Not really a politician per se, but a plumber. I will clean your plumbing problem we will drain the swamp just give me provide me the biggest plunger that i can find and i'm going to fix your problem and when the problem is fixed i want to go back and and do what i love to do which is being a pastor and feeding the poor so it really in the end of the day it's up to you and me it's up to us if you're sick you know, and tired of paying 55 percent in taxes well here is your opportunity we can change that I mean, our, our economy is just going to hell in a handbasket, as one pastor yeah. used to say at our church. We used to love that when he'd use the word hell. Um, but um, uh, it, it's so bad. Like, I'm, I'm looking at our personal grocery bill just going up and up and up, going through the drive through We almost just, you know, I just can't even do it. I can't stomach it anymore. It's too much money. It's like, what what is happening? You know, our gas and all of that, and then... We've got chicken fires we're going to highlight, uh, you know, eggs. Sometimes you can't even find eggs anymore, and then they're super expensive. And now egg farms seem to be, you know, exploding in Connecticut for reasons we don't know. Like a lot is going on. It's almost like in the entire world there's, there's a, um, 
there is a, they're, they're all colluding to do the same things. But I, I want to stand for, uh, right before I let you go, because I know you have uh, another interview that you've got ahead to, but I saw, like, the last time that I was there, uh, your son, again, Nathaniel, going out, you feed the hungry. You feed the homeless on the coldest days of the year. Like, I think it was like minus 40. I don't know what it was the last time I was there. I regretted the day that I set foot in Alberta. It was so cold. But I love being there for you guys. But it was so cold. And there was your family out there feeding the homeless. You do this all the time. You don't make this up. Uh, you, you, you're not like uh, saying stuff, you know, and using something. This is what you do. You fed the homeless in the middle of COVID because they were hungry and you got yeah. in so much trouble. You got tickets for that, you know, and now like for goodness sakes, Canada, fight the bad guys, not Pastor Archer. He's, he's doing your job because you can't even take care. Look at the homeless on the streets of Vancouver. Whenever you come here, we drive down there. It's yeah. horrible. Our government is useless. What do they have time to do? What do they have money to do? Go after you. A guy yeah, who's doing their job and a good job at that. Yeah, we have we are feeding the homeless people since 1999. So this will be my what 24th year. Do you know that they want to criminalize feeding of the homeless in Oshawa, Ontario? you are getting tickets just like i was getting ticket in alberta for simply giving uh, clothes and uh, food to the homeless people they want to do this on a global scale that you will not be able to help another human being because the penalty will be imprisonment this is happening in canada as we speak and i said that so many times they came for me they will come for you unless you rise up stand up so in may there is an election in the province of alberta albertans will have a chance to vote a totally new government in and when that happens i'm telling you we will be doing everything we can to fix the problem why because it has become personal personal to us because we have become the victims of a totalitarian evil government and we can do it we we have the means to do it we have the knowledge how to fix that stuff uh, we got friends that can help us but we need your support we need your vote so well, thank we're you gonna so much. support you this thursday 9 a.m uh lethridge alberta anyone who can come you might have to drive for three hours it's worth it get there to support pastor archer and uh do you is this the end is this the last one or you got more or no that's the last one in the province of alberta is the biggest okay. one so okay. i was charged over 40 times those three charges are the last in alberta okay all right well, we're praying for you. Um, our team of prayer warriors here, we're going to have you on our list. Uh, we'll be praying that justice uh, happens for you, that Canada would stop embarrassing itself for what they have done to good people. It's, I mean, it's been mentioned all over the globe. And so thank you very much, uh, Pastor Archer. Um, thank you for this time. And we'll, we'll be in touch. Uh, we'll speak with you after your court case and uh, get the goods on what took place and god bless you thank you sir thank, thank you, you. God bless. for thank you. standing seriously thank you take care Thanks. god bless
God bless. That is a really, really good man, a very, very good man. And uh, before we're going to get to Steve Merrill, I was just uh, 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 conversating with somebody on emails today. Do you you think, honestly, do you think my hair is a bit wild today, right? Like it just keeps flying all over the place? What do you think? It's, no, he thinks it's good. Okay, excellent. I just, I'm not certain I'm getting the the honesty from him that I want, but um, in... um, before we bring Steve Merrill on, uh, who's going to talk to us about silver and gold, uh, I've been uh, talking to people, as I said, online today about silver and gold. Uh, people are concerned about leaving their finances, just, you know, money in the bank and all of that. But another interesting thing that's going on, so this website on Saturday, January 28th, Cruz battled a massive fire at an egg farm in Basra, Connecticut, and... Um, Massive fire mysteriously occurs at an egg farm. I am sick and tired of this stuff. Like, what what is happening? You know, several fire crews were called to a massive fire that occurred at an egg farm in Basra on Saturday. The fire occurred at Hill and Dale Farms located in Schwartz Road. From what I understand, um, they're not... um, They're not certain what has caused this at the time of this... Okay, I was just reading that... At the time of this writing, crews uh, from Salem, Lebanon, and several other towns are all responding to the scene to put out the blaze. Um, in another article that I read, uh, they basically uh, they don't know what has started this fire or why. And um, apparently, you know, we've all we've been covering sort of all of the the food sources that are just being targeted. Like all of a sudden, you know, they're all up in smoke. What about hydroxychloroquine? Um, you know, what do you call those? Like a big, a big building, like a warehouse. <laughs> Good job, <laughs> you're hired. Okay, big warehouses that that hydroxychloroquine is manufactured in. All of a sudden, we were hearing all of these stories. They're just going up in smoke. Um, food factories, and but somehow the cricket factory in Montreal. Nada, it's fine. Working excellent. They're just manufacturing those crickets like crazy. Do not eat bugs. Let's make a commitment together that we're not going to eat bugs. Let's not do it. If you see little bug stuff, you know, on the, we've got to read the labels now of all the crackers and stuff that they're not putting, there's a a name for it. Um, They don't just call it cricket legs. No, no, no. They've got Fancy little names for their cricket stuff. So very alarming. Um, They're trying to sneak in this stuff. And we've got doctors that have even said it's actually not really good for your body. Uh, We're not, we were never designed to eat crickets. You know, that's for bats. All right. That's eat crickets and mosquitoes. So, all right. Enough fun. Let's move on to the serious stuff. Our nation, it's in trouble. Uh, economically, financially. So let's bring on Steve Merrill. I always like getting a take from Steve on what's happening with gold and silver. Um, last time that you were here, Steve, I heard that, uh, you know, that silver was at an, like a 50-year low, good time to purchase low. Uh, what's going on in that? Uh, and what, like, are you paying more for your bacon and eggs up there in Kelowna? Because it's terrible down here. Well, hi, Laura. And, Hello, Steve. Uh, Laura Lynn and and uh, 
Hello, everyone, and all Orlin listeners. I am not a great person to ask about grocery shopping because I don't do much of it. Uh, okay, someone into... else is in charge of that in your life. Yeah. Yeah. My wife does most of the, the grocery shopping. In fact, she does some catering up here. So she's actually in the stores more than most. Yeah, she's definitely. She'd be I mean, the one. Uh, I'm. She'd be the one. I heard yeah. for a co-interview. Well, you ask you. her tonight. Guys... Have a little bit of a <laughs> yeah. have a little bit of a chat over dinner, Steve, and say, yeah. "How's the grocery bill doing?" You know, yeah. because it's yeah. not good for a lot of people. You know, Steve, when we think about the economy and everything, there's people that are that are already struggling, right? And that's my heart's concern. Is that mm-hmm. I've actually been there in years past. I didn't have a lot. I had some personal things going on, and I remember feeling quite hampered. And when, you know, when a ham is so much money and you got to feed your family and everything and you start kind of calculating mm-hmm. out where you can spend money every month, it's the people that are already struggling that I worry about the most right now. How are they surviving? They certainly are not taking the kids for a treat to go out to eat at a fast food restaurant because that's become, if you've got four people, you're getting close to a hundred bucks because all of those meals are now 12 to 15 bucks each. If you want to make that a, you know, get it a combo, mm-hmm. right? This mm-hmm. is expensive mm-hmm. now. So true. Yeah. The, uh, the three ninety nine. what do they call it? Uh, teen pack deal with your fries and a drink. You don't see that near as much anymore. Right? I passed it. A&W restaurant sign in West Kelowna not long ago and the sign said help wanted uh, $20 an hour to start and a $300 signing bonus start today kind of thing so you know you know there's a real inflationary indicator is it's uh, you know the minimum wage is is 15 but nobody can find anybody for under 25 right I mean it's really it's Really all skin. We used to uh, love the two, two can dine for nine ninety nine, and um, <laughs> that's not happening no more. Maybe ninety nine ninety nine now. Ninety nine ninety nine, yeah, soon <laughs> yeah. to be nine ninety nine ninety nine. Yeah. Oh man, but, so no, Steve, t- tell me about precious metals. Uh, we talk about you a lot, and the reason we're having you back on is I have so many emails with people asking and requesting, "What's that guy's name?" and "How do I get a hold of him?" And uh, some people want, you know, your personal phone number, but I have given them an office number that I have, so I hope that's okay. That's great. Uh, okay, good. Um, and your email yeah. as well, and we're going to put that up. But um, yeah. what, what do you recommend? People are worried about their money in the bank, what Canada is going through financially, um, the, the value of the dollar not backed by gold. Um, what, what's your take on everything? Never, never has been here, but... Never Just to say thanks to Canada. all the Lorling listeners, I think we've I think we've run over a hundred orders for some of your for for your <laughs> listeners. Uh, I'm so glad. Last People week was Tor Bay, Newfoundland, Amaranth, uh, Ontario, uh, Prince Albert, Saskatchewan, a couple from that area, Gibbons, Alberta. So thanks to everybody for for reaching Good. out, and I'm I'm here for the wants to make this move. It's, it's getting more difficult. A quick story. I had two clients last week. One is older lady pushing 90 years old. Can't remember where in Ontario, but she booked an order for uh, you know, a considerable sum, almost 2000 ounces of silver. 
She went to do the bank wire from her credit union in Ontario. She was told, no, you, you can't do that. And she was told that she was being scammed. And, you know, this does happen. Um, 80-year-olds are sometimes persuaded to wire funds to someone in Turkey under the uh, auspices of a grandchild in jail or something like that. Obviously not the case here. She tried all week last week to get this money through to us and eventually on Friday gave up. Um, she just phoned me and, and, and said, I can't do it. I don't want to deal with this banker anymore. Uh, small credit union somewhere in Ontario. And this is after we locked in an order. So unfortunately, we had to unwind that order. Uh, we also had last Monday, a again, another older fellow who's done previous bill payments from his CIBC branch up uh, near Kamloops. And uh, the bill payment wouldn't go through, so they offered a wire. He got me on the phone. I sent the digits up to the teller eventually. She didn't want to give us her email address so we could get her the digits to do a bank wire. He pays $80 for a wire instead of $40, which is kind of typical. And um, then it was flagged the next day by the fraud department. He's been going back and forth with the fraud department all week at CIBC. Foamy today, he's going into the branch again today to find out where the money went. It's, it's uh, about 60,000 Canadian. And uh, it's just kind of odd. We had two experiences with a credit union and a major bank last week where they're putting up roadblocks. We know, because we're doing about 12 to 1500 orders a day, uh, collectively through the wholesale outlet that we're dealing with. And we're running all these orders through uh, Silver Gold Bulls for, for your listeners. And um, there's, a, there's a lot of money leaving the banking system and, and they're worried about it. And they're tracking it. They're tracking the numbers. I get this question a lot. Is, is my payment tracked? Is my order tracked? Who, who do you report this to? And there's some confusion here. Some people have heard about amounts of $3,000 being reported to the government or to FinTrack, which is the money laundering division of the government, federal government. That's not the case with what I call bank money. It is the case with cash. And the rule is that $10,001 in cash, uh, any vendor of that cash is supposed to fill out a form and have you sign it and declare and have you declare the source of funds of that cash if it came from your grandmother it came from a garage sale it came from wherever your the government's the government wants to know about it fintrack does because you could be a money launderer you could be who knows that's not the case with bank payments or or, or wires uh, the government doesn't uh, immediately see any order details or shipping details from us. I tell people that if it were the case in the future that they come asking for it, the same Oh, you're breaking up just a bit. Uh, did we lose him? No. Okay, you're back. Yeah, just your, your audio is breaking up a little. Okay, we're good now, I think. Oh, still frozen. Just a bit of an comes internet looking thing there. from you. Yeah, maybe just put them on so we can see that. All right. Just a little bit of an internet thing. You can always hang up and come back in. And so, uh, this and 
red signal. Okay, so Steve, just just hang up and then come back in. Come back in. Yeah, I don't know if you can hear me. Um, so, so to be clear, money is not getting lost. It's not as if somebody's doing a wire transfer and, oh, you know, they'll never find the money. No, no, no. Uh, I remember one time uh, my husband and I, there was some wrong number and, you know, for a few days uh, some, you know, money went sort of sideways, um, you know, as we were making a purchase uh, for property. And, um, and, but they always find it. But it does seem, and I think what Steve is highlighting uh, is that the the bank's not too too keen on this? All this money leaving, and they're beginning to see, so they're beginning to put up. It sounds like roadblocks. Uh, now, why wouldn't the bank want you to be investing in something as solid as silver? Very very fascinating, and um, interesting that they would tell this elderly lady at the bank, you know, no, you're being, you know, you're being scammed, and I guess things like that can happen, but. To actually say that, when, when in fact, um, this is a completely legitimate, uh, over 20 years that Steve Merrill has been selling gold and silver, um, helping people to get their funds into a, you know, into a safe place. Um, very interesting that they would do that. Why don't we run that chicken coop? Um, or no, did we already do that one? Yeah, okay. He he's connected but he's still in the red. Is he moving? Can you see him moving? All right. Well, um let's do that CDC uh There's a bunch of stuff we want to show you today. Um How about the protesters in Britain shouting shame, shame towards the BBC? I mean, we all know that the mainstream media is what keeps us in the dark. And uh, here are some protesters, I believe this last weekend, uh, Finland, at the European figure skating... Oh, sorry, sorry, I read the wrong one. Yeah, in Britain, <laughs> shouting shame, shame towards the BBC. I like this. This warms my heart, to be honest. Everyone together, <laughs> take down the BBC. And what about the CBC here? I'd like to take down the CBC. Um, you have not stood for the people. You have lied. You've hidden facts. You've hidden all kinds of information that would have been very helpful to us as we went through quite the crisis in the last three years. Uh, this is really interesting. Finally, the CDC, uh, it, it's, it says uh, Director Tom... Shimabukuru, anyways, admits COVID vaccines are causing, this is what he says. Well, are we going to play this? This is what, yeah, listen to what he says. We, we take guy. vaccine safety um, 
very seriously. Uh, with with respect to um, reports of people experiencing um, debilitating illnesses, um, I mean we we are we are aware of these um, reports of, of people experiencing long lasting health problems following COVID vaccination. Uh, in some cases, the clinical presentation of people suffering these health problems is variable and no specific medical cause for the symptoms have been found. Um, we understand that illness is disruptive and stressful, especially under those circumstances. And we acknowledge these health problems have substantially impacted the quality of life for people and have also affected those around them. And we hope uh, for improvement and recovery. And we will continue to monitor the safety of these vaccines and, and work with partners to try to better understand these types of adverse events. That's the CDC, not us. That's the CDC speaking. All right. Uh, so what do you think about uh, the human rights activist, James Lyons-Weller, on his substack? Um, looking at, you don't think we should do that today on this? Okay. Okay. The Canadian vaccination update. Um, uptake. Uh, this is an interesting graph, sort of, that shows, uh, looks like British Columbia is, we're, are we pretty much the highest? So, um, cumulative percent of the population in the last six months completed the primary series or received a booster dose with a COVID-19 vaccine. So, yeah. Um, in, in any case, I do believe that British Columbia is, is very high on that list because I was out yesterday uh, looking at, uh, no, Saturday, not yesterday, but Saturday, looking at all the folks um, in my own neighborhood uh, who are wearing masks and little kids wearing masks in, in BC. I mean, I was like, is, is there something on the news, something I don't know about? Because all of a sudden I was going down this street and all these little kids, you know, they, I'm like, what's going on? And the really cool thing about Steve Merrill, if we can ever get him back on, we might have to just say goodbye, um, but um, is he had a sign up. I mean, for all of you who just believe in freedom, Steve had this sign up, hey, like no masks allowed. <laughs> you want to come in here to his, you know, you want to check out some gold and silver into his establishment there in Kelowna? He asked that you not wear a mask and because uh, he, he, um, he wants people to be able to breathe. So we could ask him about that. It's just not working, eh? It's like somehow a, a lost connection. Uh, would there be something that helps if he goes on a different? Um... Okay, well, let's look at the video where they've developed. You, this is crazy. An artificial womb in which they've successfully grown a baby lamb.
scientists estimate what three to five before three to five years before the human uh, human little fetuses they want to start growing those in little artificial wombs. How sad is that? Like we got real people, and guess what? Yeah, exactly. Hey, Steve. Hi, it's Steve Merrill here. So oh, okay. He's. <laughs> I don't think he's having any luck getting back on. Okay, so let's put up his email, Sovereignize. And uh, my name's Laura Lynn Tyler Thompson. I I want you to know that uh, that the world seems to be a little bit upset. If you want to um, invest, some banks don't like it, but it's not difficult to do. You got to fight through it. Hopefully, you won't have any problems at all. Um, I got to tell you, if they've got a problem with it. Um, I would say you're on the right track. If they're resisting you and they don't want you taking your money out of their banks, well, why not? Well, it's worthless. Have you tried buying American money lately? It'll be anywhere from $1.38 to $1.43 Canadian to purchase a U.S. dollar. I've tried it. Keeping an eye on that, letting you all know, um, if our money is just tanking uh why why isn't there a whole lot of time i mean our buying power is like nothing you know i remember when i was growing up like one of the funnest things to do was you'd head over the border and you'd go to bellingham and you'd spend your canadian dollars and you know sometimes the uh the canadian dollar has been at par with the u.s so they've got really cool stuff down there it's amazing at that bellis fair mall or you know, if you're at different parts um, of Canada, you can go to little outlet malls that are over there. They've got totally different stuff than we have, and we love it, right? We love having that um, ability. But when your dollar's worth a dollar thirty-eight, um, yeah, that's just uh, that is not even worth the trip. You know, the gas will cost you as well, so it's not working out. Um, so we'll go to our website, and unless Steve pops on in 10 seconds flat, maybe we're going to have to let him go. This is my website, Laura Lynn Tyler Thompson. Never, ever think that I'm not here. If you don't see me on a regular place that you've been seeing me, do not worry. Go to Rumble. We shall not be defeated. I will be on BitChute. That's not a swear word, by the way. Some people thought I was using foul language, but uh, there is Rumble, BitChute. Uh, on, we, are, we go live every day to Twitter. I I think we should be all all making sure that we have our Twitter accounts up and running because Elon Musk is trying. He is trying. We are able to put the truth up on Twitter where once that was completely unacceptable. And are you seeing what they're finding out about the collusion between the Biden organization, the Biden regime, and the FBI, and the CIA, and, and, and Fauci, and the WHO, and all of the colluders on keeping information from us in this last three years? It's all there. It's, it's all in the, the data that Elon Musk has been releasing. You know, I don't know what you think of him, but God bless that man for putting a little sanity back in our lives for allowing us to speak the truth. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. I'm, I'm loving it. We once weren't able to talk about Hunter Biden's laptop, which is now showing clear, clear collusion between the Biden family, the big guy, Joe Biden himself, 
receiving funds, getting payment, uh, Hunter Biden using his father's influence and potentially being, you know, the president, you know, before he was the president. Before he was there, using his influence to gain millions of dollars. Everyone's asking, how did Joe Biden get so rich? How has Nancy Pelosi gotten so rich? It's funny, you know, you're just an average Joe, and then you get a political thing, and all of a sudden, you know, years later, you're you're just a multi, multi, multi-millionaire, and your money's coming in from anonymous Chinese donors? Why? Why do they like you so much? Why has that happened? Well, I think uh, they're opening these... Um, you know, cases, uh, the DOJ is having a look at what's going on down there. Corruption has to be eradicated from our countries. That's from Canada and the United States as well. It's got to go. And the beautiful thing is that uh, God is the God of justice. And when, when he begins to point and shine his light into places of deception, it all comes out. They will not get away with it. Not forever. David complained sometimes in the Bible. He's complained a lot about uh, how it seems like the wicked get away with everything. Then it says, but yet a little while, and they are no more. They're like dust in the wind behind you. So thanks, everyone, for your support of this show. Thank you for taking a moment and becoming a, uh, a monthly partner or perhaps giving a one-time donation, go to our website. There's a donate button there. If you would rather send an e-transfer, that would be wonderful. I appreciate not just also your donations, which really keep the lights on and really help us to do what we do here. It's so appreciated, more than you could ever know. But I love when you send an encouraging word about what this show means to you. Thank you to those who say that you watch us every single day day and you wait you wait for it right some of you married couples you're probably sitting sitting in bed right now and you got me you know going streaming to your your television and uh, you don't go to sleep without checking out what happened on the show and I know sometimes you fast forward to the end to the scripture too that's interesting <laughs> and then I've got of course the um the people who follow me just to just to make you know to, to badger me uh and to give me trouble and believe me, I get a little bit of that, but it's actually okay. I don't mind. I don't mind at all. Um, so thank you for your support of this show. Um, if you're interested in gold and silver, uh, Steve will be able to get a hold of you, sovereignize. Yeah, you've got him on the phone. Yeah. Okay. I'll. I'll just. Yeah. Let's let him. Hey, Steve. We're sorry we couldn't get you, but is there is there anything you want to add? Because we can at least hear you now. Uh. Well, I, I can't quite remember where. Okay, I'll tell you one question I have. If people yeah. are wondering, are they gonna like? There, no one's gonna lose their money, right? Uh, like, like the banks will. They have to allow us to make free purchases. You know, we're this is a free society. We want to buy gold or silver. <laughs> we can. Well, to be honest, yeah, I've never heard of this kind of resistance. The reality is that every financial planner in the country is doing their darndest to talk 
every person and every grandma and every father out of liquidating anything in their RSPs or the TFSAs, and, and especially when they hear silver and gold, they'll they'll put up roadblocks and they'll they'll bring out charts and they'll show you every reason why you shouldn't. Um, I've never Very really strange. heard about payments being outright blocked like I did last week on two occasions. Now, in fairness, both people were elderly. Uh, not that late 70s is that elderly, in my opinion. It's getting closer but, to us. But they're in that, that grandparent stage where uh, the fraud department and the banks are looking out for them, so right. to speak, you know, quote-unquote, looking out. Um, the one lady from Ontario just gave up after booking an order, and uh, she just said, oh. I can't do this. It's too stressful. I had a stroke a few weeks ago, and I don't need this assistance from my banker. And it's a small bank. It sounded wow. like a very small credit union in Ontario. Wow. Uh, the other fellow in Kamloops, he, he's made many previous <laughs> payments to us, and this time he he... He received the roadblock, the stop sign, if you will. He's back in the branch today, a week later, after talking back and forth with the fraud department. The funds aren't yet back in his account, and as far as I know, they haven't landed on our end. So the, the chances of them disappearing is, is point oh. No, they'll find it. Yeah, they'll find it. The case. They'll either no. reappear on our end or back in his account, and he'll have to find another way. We should know more today. Do you think that they're kind of going after you too? Because Steve, you've been an unusual, like you're a, an unusual person. Like you've really stood up for Canadian freedom this last three years, as well as, uh, you know, continuing your business, helping people to invest in, in precious metals. But, uh, you know, do you think there's any kind of, you know, no. sort of a, t no, you don't think that's no, it? Right. All of, these, well, all of these payments are being made to our much larger wholesale dealer. Right. And your, your listeners are sort of collectively piggybacking on our volumes that we do with people getting closer to dealer pricing. Yeah. Closer to dealer pricing and retail pricing. People are trying to share the wealth, if you will. But it's nothing to do with me. But yeah. In general, you know, the banks bankers at the highest levels know that that silver and gold are really the only true money. They fear them. They've been manipulating the prices of these, the true value of these metals really since 1980. Uh, virtually your and my whole lifetime, we've never known a free market in these two metals. And, and here we've got silver still trending around dollar pricing is half of what it was in 1980 and there isn't any one of your listeners and some of them have been alive a long time who can remember anything from 1980 that's half the price today that it was then artificially and, kept low yeah and by design because they know that i've used this analogy a few times we're kind of like you know leaf bands we we if we get excited we all want to get on the bandwagon we want to do what our neighbors are doing pull on our jersey and, and you know let's have a playoff run this year, well, you know, that's as, sight, as excited as any fan gets every 10 years. So they know <laughs> if they can keep the temperature down and there's never any excitement in the 
precious metals, and you'll never find it on the front page of any newspaper. You won't even find it on the back page of any newspaper. And then, and then there's the roadblock of the financial planners and the advisors and all the mutual fund managers. They will get in the way and talk 99 out of 100 people out of buying the physical metal and talk them into buying some derivative of the metal, some ETF or some mining stock, and try to satisfy the client that way. So you recommend having the physical silver? Well, that's all we do. Yeah. I mean, that's all we do. There's yeah. No, there's, no, there's nothing else that we deal in except physical silver and physical gold. Yes. So you know you actually have it. And, and so why do you recommend, in spite of all of these people putting their roadblocks up for all of their individual reasons, commissions or whatever it is, why do you recommend that people invest in gold and silver right now? It's the only form of money without any counterparty risk. Uh, that's, that's the number one reason today. Just think back to a decade ago, we had seniors in this country, all across this country, shut out of their cash flows that were coming from firms like Great West Life and London Life. A lot of these brokers had talked seniors into weighting their portfolios too heavily on the real estate side into real estate funds or RITs. And when the crises hit 2010, 2011, everything went no bid. These fund managers couldn't sell any of the strip malls they bought with their clients' money. And so no disbursements were made. I know for a fact that uh, some 55 to 60,000 London Life uh, uh, clients didn't receive their checks for about eight months. So a lot of seniors are drawing on their 8 or 9% returns or they're receiving money monthly. And that was shut off. So what I mean by counterparty risk is, is you've got most of us have layers bureaucrats or brokers or bankers between mm. us and our and our money. We get a statement at the end of the month, every, you know, most of us do, and it's got a bunch of line items on it that say stock A, bond B, treasury C. Um, none of it is, is, is held by us. So in order to access the purchasing power of any of that money, we need to call another party. And they often need to call another party. And the fact is today there's layers of counterparties between you and your money. When you hold <laughs> silver and gold in your hand, there's zero counterparty. I can access this at any Immediately. time. And there's never, there's never been a case in history where silver and gold weren't convertible into whatever paper currency is flavor of the week in whatever country you happen to be in, anywhere on earth. Right. Silver and gold are money. The reason the U.S. dollar was as good as gold is because for 150 years it was secured by gold. Uh, previously, the English Empire was a, uh, a big dominant empire, and their money was sterling silver. Previous to that, the Spanish Empire also used silver as money. No empire's ever grown a big and strong and dominant on on paper or debt. It's never been the case. Every experiment with paper or debt-based currency has failed in the end, and 
just like Pastor Art was talking about in the 70s in Poland. They destroyed the money. Mm. Destroying the money generally comes first, and we're seeing that today as we slip into a communist dictatorship, if you will. They're destroying the money. They printed almost a trillion dollars just to, to, to pay out COVID benefits. Add the pockets of small businessmen who were, who were suffering. A trillion is that's where the inflation originates. Mm-hmm. Inflation starts with the central bankers or the private bankers creating more debt. That debt is used as money and slowly it permeates throughout society. And now you've got a $15 A&W burger or a $25 beer and burger special, and that's at happy hour. It's going to get worse until everybody throws every dollar away at anything useful, including, you know, a a pail of honey or or seeds or whatever it is, because they're going up and up and up every month. Why would you buy them today and not wait until next month? When that mindset sort of permeates, you've got to even a, a bigger snowball rolling down the hill, and it gets worse. No experiment with fiat money at this stage has ever been reined in. The It's only ever gotten worse. It gets worse from here. It's going, prices will go higher for real goods. There'll be some things that go lower. There'll be you know, certain vehicles, perhaps, where there's a glut, which could actually fall in price. And I think you'll see some real estate uh, prices fall as... People can't afford anymore with eight straight rate increases last year. Uh, they can't afford their mortgage payments anymore. So you could see some definitely some long overdue uh, balancing of the real estate sector, which historically at three times your annual wage has been an expensive house. Well, in Vancouver, as everybody knows, you need 100 times your average annual wage to afford anything. Right. So now, this is unsustainable. Yeah. Uh, Steve, somebody's asking a good question. Um, uh, Elena is saying, so how do you pay with silver if everything is digital? Like, let's say one day uh, it's digital and, and you know, we're, we're shut down. Well, let's say it's the apocalypse and, man, we don't even have access to digital. We've been taken off. Well, I've heard of some places where they've literally taken silver and they scrape it um, onto a, I mean, some places in the world have done that. Well, yeah. First, you know, I get this question a lot listeners especially, um, I yeah. don't believe you're ever going to be spending silver coins at Petro-Canada or Chevron or Safeway or, or, or Walmart, but I, I remind everybody that I probably know 200 business owners just in the area own silver themselves and who stack silver for all the same reasons that you and I do. They're awake. And so... If anybody wanted in my area to contact a dentist or a roofer or a mechanic or a printer or a hairstylist, uh, I know many who would accept silver today. Um, and they're not going to be terribly fussy about that. what form of silver, be it a coin or a small bar or a big brick of silver, because they know silver themselves in most cases. So it's, it's going to be up to us as owners of silver to make the offer to your own dentist, to your own mechanic, to your own hairstylist, to your own grocer at the farmer's market. Mm -hmm. Hey, I'm keeping my money in silver outside the banks, sort of like I'm using
losing cash where I can do not, you know, support the big banks. Mm-hmm. What do you think of silver? And you'll be surprised. There's a lot of small business owners who are pretty awake to silver and gold. And the question becomes, okay, at what price? Will you do a better price for me? And let's say it's a $2,500 transmission. Will that transmission mechanic knock 20% off for payment in silver? If he's not, why not just use your cash until you can? Mm-hmm. The other the other product we do sell from time to time is, is old silver coins. We had Canadian silver coins. This is a quarter from 1967. Contains 0.15 of an ounce of silver. Our half dollars contain 0.3 of an ounce of silver, and our silver dollars until 1967, 0.6 of an ounce of silver. These are still legal tender coins made of 80% pure silver, and I I suggest that everybody that stacks silver owns some old, what we call junk silver, not junk, but we call it junk in the trade, and, and have that available for when silver's $1,000 an ounce, you've got a one-tenth ounce piece or a quarter ounce piece or a or a 0.6 of an ounce piece that's still got the queen on it and is easily identified. You can weigh it. You can feel it with a magnet. You can go on the internet and go, oh, 1956 half dollar contains 0.3 of an ounce of silver. So it will be, I think, one of the more easier ways to transact in silver if we get to that point where we've all been severed from our digital money, which, you know, our money's digital now. Turn off the bank machines and 95% of the public wouldn't have a a, a way to, right? to buy a coffee. Yeah, which is why we're all saying, you know, try to use cash as much as possible. Yeah, and keep that going. So do you yeah. feel silver's going up? I mean, um, p- potentially there could be a day when when it, it has a huge jump because of what's going on with our government and world money. Well, even without the destruction of the currency, which is ongoing, you've got a 50-year suppression scheme, really since 1980 in its current form, has been holding down silver and gold through a a, a synthetic market. They created a a paper market, artificial market. They've talked 95 out of 90, you know, out of 100 investors into buying the synthetic version of silver that appears as a line item on your statement. And in, in doing that, they've created many, many multiples, between 200 and 400 times more gold and silver in investment, synthetic form, paper form, contract form, than than in in physical form. So imagine for every one ounce of silver, there's been 450 ounces created on paper that serve as, as as a means to make the transaction it appears on the books, but it doesn't appear in anybody's vault. It's never actually purchased. I just had last week in here a little old, a little old lady again, pushing 80. She had two silver certificates that her husband bought at a, at a Scotiabank. Whoops, it was a CIBC in Nelson, B.C. And the, the certificate says 100 ounces on it. She paid $4,200 in 1980 Canadian. You can buy silver cheaper than that today. I could sell her 100 ounces today for $3,600. She had receipts for the $5 a month storage costs. They 
were making, they were paying their storage costs. She had about 10 receipts. Well, they've completely forgotten about these two certificates since 1984, which is exactly what all these banks had hoped for. These people in 1980 went into a branch looking to buy silver and walked out with two pieces of paper. Mm. And I know for a fact that there was never any silver vaulted. Yet they've been paying storage fees on it for four years until they stopped. Oh, wow. So I've suggested to her how to approach the bank manager and ask for physical delivery of these 200 ounces that are theoretically been vaulted for 50 years <laughs> by the CIBC and Nelson. So I'm, I'm hoping to hear back from her today or tomorrow. Oh, let us it. know. <laughs> she'll, she'll be told that it's $125 bar charge. She owes $600 in overdue storage fees. It's going to be $500 to ship that from Toronto. So really, Mrs. Jones, why don't you just let us give you a check? And then you can go find a coin shop. And that's exactly what's going to appear, hopefully, on paper. And then if we get that offer, she gets that offer on paper, we can potentially deal with it or accept it with some conditions and see what happens. But sure. Never Bring them on. That's funny. We can now see you on screen, so I guess you're back. That's oh. that. That's awesome. Um, here you go. I'll give you this. Uh, there you go. Uh, that's that is. Uh, wow, that's quite the story. What a scam that is, isn't it? Well, that's that's been the scam for 45 years, Laura. There was there was a very brief window of the last hundred years where we had a cash market for real silver and gold. And it was between 1971 and 1980. You had the silver price shoot up from a buck 75 to 52.50 in the late 70s. You had gold move from its fixed price under the Bretton Woods Agreement of $35 to $850 in 1980. So a 2,500% move that decade. And that, in my opinion, was the only period of the last 100 years where silver wasn't fixed or gold wasn't fixed or rigged. And by 1980, the whole US dollar system was coming apart. And that's when a guy named Volcker and a guy named Greenspan and, and a few others got together and created this illusionary synthetic market as a means to divert people's money away from the real metal and into the artificial paper IOU metal, just like they did in 1980 to my new friend from Nelson who now lives in Kelowna and has these 200 ounces on a piece of paper. It's really, you know, I'm poor, but this is and how getting charged storage when there was no storage, perhaps. Oh no. Yeah. And here, this guy says the heavier it is, the harder to steal. I'm from Detroit. Go with silver. Make that safe weigh 1,300 pounds and get more than one. So, so Detroit, they know how to do it in Detroit, I guess. Well, Steve, I'll give you the last word before we lose you again. I mean, <laughs> but potentially, silver could, could really go up. Um, and I, I just, I know the Bible talks a lot about silver and gold, so... I feel like it's a very safe bet, and I know that 
the people that I'm listening to are saying, this is the time to, to stock up on it. And like you say, you can exchange it at any um, monetary cash place anywhere in the world. They'll take silver and gold. Do we lose them? Yeah. Hey, we love you, Steve. You rock. Keep up the good hey. work. Uh, so uh, okay. sovereignize. Oh, there you are. A final word, Steve? No, he's gone. Um, so anyways, thank you so much. All right, everyone. Well, that was fun. Um, you know, we're going to have some more um, um, experts on finances to help us through this. We were very honest with you guys about getting our money out of Canada uh, at this time. We did that because we did not feel safe with the PM in control, freezing accounts, going after people who love the freedom that Canada was built on. And uh, because I'm a big mouth uh, and a, a sweet mouth, right, hun? Special person. Uh, we just thought that maybe we had to protect ourselves, and we did. And we let you know about it so that if you feel that you need to do that, by all means, um, you can always write us as well. Like, I'll try to answer your questions about how we did it, what we did. And basically, here in Canada, very minimal. Um, we rent, and we're just, we're waiting it out for a season. And we'll see what happens in the future. But God is with us, and he's guiding us. So I just want to leave you today then with um, this scripture verse. I want to talk to you about this man that Jesus healed uh, in the Bible. Um, it's a very strange story that Jesus would use this tactic to heal this man. But it's found in John 9. As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned? Was it this man or his parents that he was born blind? You know, it's like, did bad stuff happen because someone did something wrong? Right? Is, is everything that's happening in Canada right now to do with um, something that some folks have done wrong? Is everything in your life happening because you've done something wrong or your parents did something wrong? I think that Canada quite possibly is under some judgment, but not everything that happens in our life apparently is because of sin. So we're all going through this. It doesn't mean that you've actually been in the one in the wrong. And in fact, the more frustrated you are right now by everything going on, you've probably been doing your best for a lot of years to live right before God. And so the frustration is deepening as you see that we're not getting reprieve. Um, we certainly pray for justice. Please remember to pray for Pastor Archer, justice in the courts on his behalf. Jesus name but so listen to what Jesus had to say in red letters who sinned the the disciples asked was it his parents or was it him that he would be born with this horrible position of being blind well neither this man nor his parents sinned said Jesus but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him Wow. 
As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent us. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent us. This happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. I believe that the Lord allowed things in our life so that his power and his glory will be revealed. Do you not think this is an epic hour? I'm excited about a couple things. I see people hungry for God. I have not seen that in, I'd say, a decade. Just laissez-faire, we've got everything, we're okay. Rare is the person who's hot on fire for God in this generation because we've had just everything. It's been so easy, you know? All of a sudden, what's happening? Oh, they shut down churches. Well, we had Freedom Worship gather 400 people downtown Vancouver out there on a Sunday morning in the cold with their jackets on to have worship and praise, to have church in the middle of the town square without getting one of those, uh, what do you call them? You know, when you have to get a thing to have a, an organized thing, like you have to get a permit and all that. We didn't even get a permit. We just showed up. We brought in the, you know, the musicians, the sound, we did it all. We haven't seen that kind of hunger in so long. So Jesus, what did he do? Well, he put some spit in his hand and got some mud and he put it on that man's eyes and he said, go down to the, uh, the pool of Siloam, wash your eyes out, you're going to be healed. And that was it. That was so the glory of God, all that bad stuff, the blindness, so the glory of God would be revealed. Maybe that's what's going to happen here. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow, everyone. You know, it's not easy to deliver the truth of what our sick world is doing, but for some of us, we feel that we have no choice. Because if we are silent about these abominable things, then we are letting evil go unchecked and we cannot do that. For those of you wonderful people who are writing me and are sharing your encouragement, I am deeply grateful. Thank you for all the letters that you've been sending. Thank you for the donations and the support. I found out that in order to speak the truth, you have to become very, very strong. If you would go to my website at www.lauralyn.tv, you'll find all of the ways that you can contact me. Remember, my friends, all is well. All is well. Thanks for joining me.